You're listening to a VC Short. These are shorter bonus episodes released only on our podcast, The VC Hour. These are a product of Radio ABC 993 FM, a ministry of African Bible University in Uganda. Well, we're doing another episode of the VC Bookshelf, and uh, it's a great one, I hope. I'm <laughs> pretty excited about it. I'm blessed to have a job where a good bit of what I need to do, like what I'm supposed to actually do with my time, is to continue to read books and professional journals, articles, uh, those kind of things about my areas of research, areas of professional interest, and Thankfully, areas of personal interest as well kind of all come together. And I have to do that because I really, for my job, I have to stay up to date and informed about what's going on with them and those kind of things. Not everyone has that kind of luxury of being able to work that way, but the Lord blessed me, and I do. It's, it's nice. I know it's nice, and I don't mean to, to rub it in or to brag, as they say, but I really do enjoy it, and I, and I thank the Lord for it. And so one of the things I feel obligated to do, because I do have not a big platform, but a small platform, uh, is I want to share it out. I want to have other listeners be able to profit from uh, from my experience and from what I've been able to do. And maybe you don't have a lot of time to catch up on all the resources available, or or even you don't have the resources to to waste or to burn on bad books. So I'm hoping just to give you some resources which I found helpful in biblical or systematic theology, apologetics, or whatever area, whatever intersects with your Christian walk. And we know these aren't really proper academic book reviews that I'm doing. They're not meant to be. They're really just designed to equip those who are interested in topics like this and to give you some what I think to be helpful works. Our book for today's episode is Can We Trust the Gospels by Peter J. Williams, and it was first published in 2018 by Crossway. Dr. Williams has a Ph.D. from Cambridge and is the principal of Tyndall House. He was a senior lecturer at the University of Aberdeen. I don't know if <laughs> if you've ever read a book and wished you had come to it sooner, but that is exactly the experience I had when I read uh, Can We Trust the Gospels, the book for today. At the time of this recording, the book has been out for about four years, and I really should have been on it sooner. That was my mistake, and in fact, after reading it, I bumped it up the list of things I planned on talking about and wanted to get it out as quickly as possible because any other delay would have been a mistake on my part. So there's been a lot of material printed about the reliability of the Gospels, and that can be a very tough thing for the average Christian to wade through. And in fact, I'd even say for the guy in the pulpit who has some theological training behind him, uh, the sheer volume of information on this topic really can be quite uh, daunting. And it's daunting to comprehend as you consider the points and the counterpoints, arguments, counterarguments, and so forth. Williams has written a very accessible and thought-provoking volume, which I think surveys a great number of sources of evidence and argumentation, which all point towards the fact that believers can have every confidence that the Gospels found in their Bibles represent the work of men who truly, accurately recorded the events of the life of Jesus of Nazareth. In fact, 
The approach, I think it's fair to say, would be characterized as an evidentialist approach to apologetics, and I'm happy to say that I found the work to be very affirming as Christians do not have a faith that is without reasons, and as Williams points out very well, I think, in his introduction to the work. Now, while the author is quite candid that his work is meant to be brief and somewhat introductory, I found the breadth of evidence utilized actually to be quite helpful, and while no single piece of evidence would probably ever persuade someone who is truly committed to being skeptical, the totality of evidence does create a case which is very, very difficult to overcome without having to give up other things which are important for the skeptic's position. Now, what's more, for me at least, I I think for the believer, it gives great confidence that the attacks of the world against the scriptures truly are unfounded and they really don't land. You really can trust the Gospels. Williams begins with how Christianity is described by non-Christians in the time period immediately after the Gospels had been written. I think this is a great place to start for a couple reasons. I think the average Christian probably hasn't read a lot about that topic, and so I think that helps to fill in the context a little bit for us. But secondarily, maybe even more importantly, we can get an idea of how well the Christians of that era, that is the era just after the Gospels are written, how well do they match how Christianity is described in the Gospels. The author then goes into questions of why these books are even considered the Gospels and how they compare to other biographical works we have from roughly contemporary eras. And we find a number of reasons that the Gospels and our Bibles match well against the written record for other contemporary biographies on nearly every metric. If you believe we have a reliable account of the very famous and influential Emperor Tiberius, then you should have every confidence that you know about Jesus of Nazareth, who was from a far less prominent location by earthly standards, precisely because of the number, the type, and the length of sources that we have about Jesus. It's very, very comparable what we have of this other, much more prominent figure from his era. There are a number of lines of evidence before I read this book that I really hadn't considered before, and I was very delighted to read them, and they were presented really well. Having moved around a lot, for instance, I can tell you that one of the hardest things to do is to get to know a region well enough to speak about it or to write about it with some authority. I've been living in Uganda for a while now. I still get corrected on the names of places, the names of plants, the name of people. And if I were trying to write fiction about this area, I would get a lot of things wrong despite my time here. But Williams shows quite convincingly that the gospel writers got those things right at every turn. And as he notes, it's in an era without easy access to research at a distance. The gospel writers couldn't do what I would have to do, which is Google some things about like place names of Galilee and uh, you know try to pull up this nice digital map or something like that. They just couldn't do that. There are a lot of important details, of course, about this book that I'm glossing over very quickly here, but it's really because I want you to read the book. You should buy this one, I'm telling you, and I want you to get all these details for yourself. I want you to see the full argument fleshed out. Uh, I'm just here to, as we would say, to whet your appetite. Uh, Consider also the number of details in the Gospels where the detail itself seems 
inconsequential or sometimes maybe even puzzling in a story as it's recorded in one gospel account, but when taken together with the other gospel account uh, or the book of Acts or larger historical context, it makes perfect sense. And these undesigned affirmations don't work in only one direction. For instance, you might think that John, being written last, cleaned up some of the details from the other books, but actually these work in all directions, with Gospels providing support for each other regardless of which one was written first. I mentioned something very much like this in my episode on Herod Antipas, that there's a connection between the Gospel description of Herod and John the Baptist's interactions, and Josephus's connection, where an element of, shall we say, assumed historical information plays an unseen role in affirming something in the gospel accounts. So actually knowing a bit of history, especially knowing Josephus's account of history, really does help you to unlock the meaning of the text. It makes it all make a lot more sense. Williams also does a great job of helping the reader to understand the standards of quotation at the time of the Gospels and when they were written, as opposed to the modern conception of quotation versus paraphrase and how to indicate them. And he goes on to really drive home the uniqueness of Christ's teaching over and against contemporary teachers of his era. And really, Christ was just as the Gospels described him. He was a formidable teacher without peer, and the idea that other people made up his genius teachings and then didn't take credit for them for themselves but passed them on to him, is, it's honestly, that's pretty hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, why not take credit for yourself? Why, why give it to some other guy? You know, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Williams goes into these topics. He goes into a lot more than just the topics I'm describing, including how we can know that the text we read has been accurately passed down for 2,000 years and translated accurately, as well as what to do with the argument that there are contradictions in the text. The whole book really handles all of these points so well, I have to commend the book to you. In fact, like a lot of books you'll hear me recommend on here, It's not just that he clearly has well-researched his argument. It's not just that he has a lot of expertise behind him. Obviously, those would be necessary, I think, for this book to be a good book. But also, it's that Williams communicates that information so well to the reader. It's not a mystery. In fact, I actually found myself reading a passage and then reading it again out loud to my wife so frequently that she ended up just telling me to read the whole thing out loud to her so that she could hear it as well. And we read it straight through in a single sitting, out loud, that way, together. That book is that good, and I think you should read it too. You've been listening to the Vice Chancellor's Hour, a ministry of Radio ABC 993-FM on the campus of African Bible University. We hope this has been beneficial to your Christian walk and understanding. If it has, you can support the ministry of Radio ABC by going to AfricanBibleColleges.com and clicking on the Donate button. Don't forget to let them know it's going to the Uganda station. If you have questions about this or any other episode, please feel free to contact us at 
vchourofficial at gmail.com. We're also available through Instagram and Twitter as vchourofficial. We may answer your question on a future episode. Until next time, may the peace of God and the fellowship of God's people encourage you.